How is your prayer life? If you are like most of us, it has seasons and sometimes lacks consistency. Prayer, faith, and holiness are key to reaching your destiny. Join Prophet Nanaseyo Pukusakori as he encourages the body of Christ to get closer to God in prayer. One of the nature of Christ is love. There are two things on earth that is so practiced in heaven. The language in heaven is faith and the character is love. Because God called the things which be not as though they were. So God obeyed by faith. When Jesus cast the fig tree and the disciples say, Master, the fig tree you cast is with away. He said, have faith in God. It means that the literal translation says, have the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith believes in what he said. In the book of Genesis, Genesis is the handiwork of God. Revelation and Ephesians talk about the predestiny or predictions of what is about to happen. Them that he predestined, he called. So God is an architect. The architect doesn't build, but he put the drawing on the paper for the builder to use the drawing to build. So God imagined how the world is going to be. And in Genesis, he started calling them. So you see two things there, and God said and God saw. And God said and God saw. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let the sea come, and the sea came. So in the faith operation, you must say it and believe that you will see it. Prophet Nanaseo Pukuksakodie is an end-time season firebrand prophet and an evangelist with a unique preaching ministry, anchored on prayer. He teaches and prophesies the word of God with signs and wonders. And now, Prophet Nanase Opokusakodie. The eyes represent revelation. It represents sight. And it represents vision. So God gave you eyes for a reason. And God created the eyes to see both natural and supernatural. That is why he enlightened the eyes. Hear me for the next 30 minutes. Because within these 100 days, you will not be spiritually blind. I have seen it as I walk through the Bible. That you can look into something and not see anything. It's not that it's not there. You can see. Ishmael was dying. There was water around Hagar. But he can't see. Until an angel opened his eyes. Is there anything around you that you can see? Not every young man in the church is seeing a promising, God-fearing young lady. Not every young lady in the church is seeing his promising future husband. Because sometimes God's blessings come in a disguise. The eyes represent vision. It represents revelation. It represents sight. God may be so that you can use it both natural and the supernatural. Everything you see now that this eye is seeing is a natural one. But there is another one that the eye can also still see. And you are not looking at it because anything you see that others don't see, it's supernatural. It means that if an angel walks to this room and I can see the angel, and you cannot see the angel. It means that I am not seeing the angel with this eye. There is another eye. That is why God enlightens the eye. It was a prayer of Apostle Paul to the church of Ephesus. Who was rooted in all kinds of idol worship. That was the territory of Ephesus. And Paul went there to plant the church and when he was in prison, he wrote a letter to them in Ephesians 1, 17. He started talking the whole book of Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. is prayer. Paul was praying for them. And when he came to verse number 17, he told them that, I am praying for you that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding Understanding will be enlightened. So understanding has eyes. That the 
this apostle Paul said that your territory where you live, the environment, the generation, if the eyes of your understanding doesn't get enlightened, your struggle continues. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. When that happens, what happened? That you may know what is the hope of his calling. So not everybody knows the hope of God's calling. No. A hopeless person is a helpless person. So when you lose hope, nobody can help you. A hopeless person, if you become spiritually hopeless, you become physically helpless. No one can help you. Because one of the greatest virtues and the blessing God can give you. There are three kinds of faith. We have something we call the word of faith. It is what we try to teach you. When you graduate from there, you come to the place what we call the gift of faith. God gives you that particular faith. When you come to the place that some things go beyond your understanding or it's beyond your physical capacity and you, it is the kind of faith that makes you do things and you later when you come to yourself, you say, am I the one who did this? It means it's a gift of faith. There is another one called the spirit of faith. Watch this. The, the word of faith is taught. The gift of faith is impacted. The spirit of faith comes by association. So show me the people you are working with and I can tell whether you have the spirit of faith. Hear this. Hear this. So among all the virtues, one of the things is faith. But this faith I'm talking about, it cannot work alone. The problem with many people about operating faith is that they try to work faith and miss the other things that make faith works. So faith has boosters. Faith does not work alone. For instance, it cannot work without love. It cannot also work without hope. So when these two ingredients are not working in your life, your faith is impotent. It doesn't matter how you're operating it. It will never work. It means that you cannot work in faith not talking to somebody. It means you are not working in love. So your faith will not work. Number two, you have to also understand that trying to get a faith to work is getting a woman become pregnant without a man. I know that one you will never forget. That is why I gave you that example. No. Hallelujah. Apart from Je- that is what Jesus is called the last Adam. It means that nobody will be conceived again without a man. There is only one person who was conceived without a man. That is Christ. And that's why we call him the last Adam. Not the second Adam. The last. There will not be any Adam again. No. Amen. Listen. If anybody is confusing you about the Jesus you follow. And the Jesus you love. Let me settle one thing in your spirit. There are all kinds of things people follow. And there are all kinds of things people engage in. And there are all kinds of religions in the world. But that's their choice. Hallelujah. <laughs> that is their choice. But let me tell you something. Don't get confused about it. We have Confucius. We have all the religions. Uh, uh, Buddha. Name them. We have all of them. Now, the difference between Jesus and them is that all of them has biological fathers. What makes Jesus qualified to save me? And I cannot be confused about it is that he was not born by a man's pen. That is a settlement of my salvation. I can hold on to that. I love that one. How can this be since I don't know a man? I thought he was saying that Joseph is going to sleep. He said, no, this one, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the heart. Because you see, when Adam seen the seven billion people that have died and the seven billion people that are alive, everybody was trapped in his spermatosia. So Adam seen with everybody that is here to be born. So if Jesus is born by Adam's sperm, then Jesus cannot save anybody. That is why no matter how born again and anointed you are, your sons and daughters need to be saved because the seed that produced them is sinful. Like salvation ends. You see, like as far as I'm born again, eh, then my children doesn't need to be born again, but they have to be saved because the seed that produced them is sinful. So as you are sitting there, Gideon, when you marry and give birth, even though you are born again, there are some things, that's why the body cannot be born again. 
It is the spirit that is born again. Everything in the body is not safe. So the sperms within the body is not safe. Tell somebody, don't get confused about your salvation. Tell the person, don't, 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 don't. Oh, look at them and tell them where. Mm. Faith can never wear without hope. And Apostle Paul said, the eyes of your understanding may be enlarged that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Also, for hope is the wife of faith. When they meet together, miracle children are born. That is why forever, faith will be the substance of things you hope for. So the absence of hope makes faith impotent. So listen, unfortunately, I have said it before, let me repeat it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we are preaching faith to people who have lost their hope. So don't waste your time in preaching faith to somebody who has lost hope. Because faith will be the forever, will be the substance of things you hope for. Do you know the secret of the woman with the issue of blood? He never lost hope. Now, this is the thing. When you lose hope, nobody sees it, but God sees. The only time we can pick it is that I can also see it, but I can only see it when you start talking. Hopeless people will manifest it in their statements. Hopeless people easily get offended. Hopeless people can be taken easily away from when they are in the center of the will of God. Amen? A hopeful person, it is difficult to get them out of the will of God. No. When somebody is in this channel is hopeful, you cannot approach them. Hopeless people easily get offended. They easily get offended. Because they don't know where they are going. Any wind blows them. Hopeful people, it is difficult to get them out of the will of God. This one is strong, but let me add it. Hopeless people easily divorce. Little, little things. They divorce. Okay? I was going to dedicate a man's factory. When I got there, he told me, he said, he has bought the wife a house in one of the most expensive what do we call them? Um, estates in Ghana. And he built a factory I want to dedicate and he said that I, I own everything I have to my wife. And he said that. So both the wife and the sons and some of them were talking and said that. Hey, and he said, Papa, thank you for your way changing us. But I am where I am because of my wife's stand. And the son told me, say, my father was so some way that when he's coming home, everybody was afraid. The woman said, Papa, MRP, PhD, and now for master's degree. I mean, everything. But the woman said something. He said that I knew and have a lot of hope in the midst of all this that God has a plan for his life. You see, the problem we are facing in our time is that, hear me very carefully, the problem is that <laughs> many people don't have hope for where they are going. So they give up. They give up. Young people who have married, give up. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. Sometimes, your husband can be a high priest, but not in the first 10 years of marriage. It is one thing to go to the shop and buy something brand new. But it's another thing to pick something from the boiler and spray it. <laughs> you become a bona fide property of that thing. This is what the generation doesn't want to do. We don't believe in process. We don't believe in building it up. No, we don't believe in it. No. <laughs> it is easy to see me and think that I am a husband material. But if you want to know the beginning, go and ask Lady Ivy. That is why a lot of people fall in love with pastors and think that this one. I went to America and I read the statistics. They say that every pastor, maybe in America, I don't think it's in Ghana. It's in the U.S., I'm, I'm sure, because America. Ghana, I don't believe it. And if it's Ghana, it's not in Portis. And they say that it is possible that 80% of the women in the church where the pastor is their husband. 36 they ask and they, they have some for us. Okay, 
Mm. Then I thought about it because me, I can think. I'm a logician. I make sure that mm, is this logical? And I thought and I said, okay. Then God began to speak to me because when I begin to, you see, one of the ways that make God talk to me is that I ask a lot of questions. And I am very inquisitive. And I try to find out why this. One of the problems God has with me is why, why, why? I am always asking why. And because I'm asking why, he always want to. Because that's what I saw this up. Why couldn't we cast him out? If they didn't ask, Jesus wouldn't have told them. So I learned, I said, Lord, you have no change. You told the people who couldn't cast the demons. So why didn't this happen? And the Lord began to speak to me and say, because most of the women that think their pastor can be a best husband material, they only know him from the pulpit. Sometimes when I wear jeans and I wear t-shirt and I'm walking around the compound, some people come by and say, hey, I didn't see it, it's you. Oh, I didn't know you. Hey, daddy, hey, I didn't see you. Do you know why? Because you always see me like this. Hmm? Now they can't see me wearing jeans or they didn't see me in the swimming pool. They say, I want to tell you so now. They will tell me. So let me tell you something. Most of the people you wish you have them. You only know a small percentage of their life. So I am praying for you that the eyes of your understanding will be enlarged. That is why don't marry and think that after they declare you husband and wife you are going to sweep in ease of a matrimonial home. Because I can promise you that that guy will change. There is no way people pretend like courtship. And if you think I'm lying, look at your husband now. Check your wife. There's no way people pretend like courtship. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. There are a lot of things when I caught you with lady, I hide it. After the wedding, first card was yellow. Now me three red card in the other one was I said Now, so put it in your mind that I am looking for Mr. Match and Mr. Perfect. It is not in this planet. Go to planet heaven. Unfortunately, that place you won't get anybody to marry. But on this earth, even when angels came here and saw women, they slept with them, they produced giants. When the angels came here, they were corrupted. That is why the second coming of Jesus, you won't come down, you stay in the air. Tell, 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 I said, before we, the way I'm about first, I move cool, you know, next time I drive you. Go and read your Bible very well. The Bible says we will be caught up and meet the Lord in the air. Jesus will see them. Aha. You have never thought about it. Eh? I read the Bible. He will be caught up in the air. Because there is something about this earth. That is why your prayerlessness is God's concern. Because you see, prayer drives you and doesn't permit you to do what you want to do. When we link it with the authority of God's word. It gets you closer to go. Adding fasting to it, you bring the body under subjection. So that you don't do what you want to do. No. Sometimes I look at my wife and I look at myself and I say, if I'm not born again, can this lady marry me? Even with my born again with my caricature. If I'm not born again, have you ever asked yourself, if, you are, if this is your state of salvation, what about your state of Adamic nature? Are you not surprised about yourself that a man marries you and is living with you? Have you not been surprised about yourself that a woman marries you? You see, the problem is that you don't want to be sincere. And I look at my temperament, the way I do it, I say, God, if you didn't call me, how would I look like? Oh. Amen. Think about it. That's why I tell you, there's nothing good in all of us. The only good thing in us is Christ. Don't clap yet. 
So listen, this is for every young lady here that is not married. Even those of us sitting here, there is nothing good in all of us. The only good thing in us is Christ. If you take Christ out of us, Jesus, don't pay. Dry bones. Wicked dry bones. Some of the ladies, I see them in church. Their shape, their beauty, their dressing. Thank God Jesus saved them. Because people's husbands will never rest. And you know you could have been one of them. Just check yourself a little bit. Turn your eye and check who is at the left on your right. And when you turn and it's one of them, the Holy Ghost will tell you, one. Is there? No. You see, when you become born again, you are walking in the fullness of the Holy Ghost, you will think that that is your life. Thank God for Christ. That's what Apostle Paul said. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. I'm number one. If Jesus didn't save me, I would kill everybody on earth. There's nothing good in us. That's why God hates self-righteousness. There's nothing good in all of us. Hallelujah. No, no. Once you get down to this earth, anything can happen. So, sacrificial, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. There's a message maybe I've not preached, sacrificial love. It is a love Jesus stayed with us until we come to the place of perfection. When we become born again, the falling, the backsliding, the caricature, the lives, Jesus never rejected us. We are the only one who don't have time for people and give them time to grow. So I can tell you that the guy that you say, eh, I regretted for marrying him. Give him time. Give him time. Give him time. Hmm. The lady walked to me and gave a testimony. He said, Papa, thank you very much. I have not followed you for long. I started following you during the lockdown. In fact, in the lockdown, we were just throwing and, uh, and then we bounced and we saw a man preaching. And then we say, who is this? And then we, we sat there, we listened. Confusion, trouble, multiple failures, frustration. And me and my husband were watching you and both of us were crying whilst we were preaching. By the time we finished preaching, my husband knelt down and told me that there is skeleton in my wardrobe. It's an idiomatic expression. A name will be more semi-catching. I have done this and done this and done this. I even go out with your best friend. But the way this man has ministered to me, even if you don't forgive me, I know I'm going to heaven. I am fine. But he said that, he told his wife, he said that if just in case you leave me. The only certain is that the next woman that will marry me will marry a better man. And thank God the wife did it. The Lord told me, he said that I have a brand new husband. I said, I can't wait to see your husband. One day the husband appeared in one of the all night. He came to greet me. And he said, why didn't I know you 10 years ago? I say, this is the time to know me. It's not even about me. It's about Christ. But you know what I'm trying to talk about? If you allow the word of God to come to your heart, it will change you. So listen, during this 100-day fasting, don't only look for a car, a husband, a wife, a new apartment. Ask the Lord to change you. Listen, let Christ be forming me. Formation of Christ. Make me usable. Make me one of the best any of your children can be. Anything in me that don't glorify you, extract it from my life. My arrogance, my pride, my bitterness, my envy. Is there envy in the church? Is there jealousy in the church? Maybe you, those say yes, they are the ones who are the most envious people. Then you say you are the you the one that is saying yes. How do you know there is envy? Except that you are the one who is envying others. All these things in us 
it must change. I thank God for the blessing God will bring, but I told God something. I said, Lord, at the end of this hundred days, let me be one of your favorite sons. And listen, anything in me that don't glorify your name, take it out. And I told him one thing, I said that, thank God for the gift, but this time, I want to walk in the fruit. I desire the manifestation practically of the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is love. And the fruit of the spirit is joy. And the fruit of the spirit is peace. And the fruit of the spirit is long suffering, patient, kindness. Ah, I want manifestation of this one in my life. And when you come to the place and the fruit is operating, the gift naturally flows. What prevents the gift from operating is anything absence of the fruit. It is what is not making the gift operate. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what is, this, what is the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the seeding, what is the seeding, and what is the seeding greatness of his power to us or who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. Lift one and say, Lord, open my eyes. How many of you want your eyes to be open? <laughs> you will never be the same again when God tried to open your eyes. Ha! Huh? The eyes can be blessed, open, or darkened, blind. So two things can be happening to your eyes. Either your eyes is open or your eyes is darkened. Either you see or you don't see. 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 Your eyes can be open. Hey, early morning, 5.30. Military men are surrounded the house. Hey, it's a simple story. That the Syrian army just want to conquer Israel. And those days, army has strategies that they used to fight. We call it military strategies. It is not enough to go to, to battle. You must also know the strength, the weakness, and the strategies of your enemy. So by the time you are going to war, you must even know even the strength and the capacity of the ammunition your enemy is using. So by the time Israel, by the time America carried the ammunition, they are going for the Gulf War in Iraq. They have access the strength of the Iraqi army. By the time you are going to kill Osama bin Laden, the military forces and the generals going must assess and strategically plan for the program. So it's not enough to go to the devil's camp. You must know what he carries. And you must also know what you carry before you can enter. So watch this. When the Syria army strategized and realized that all his strategies were not working, you call a cabinet meeting one day and say, hey, there is a rapport amongst us and I, I want to kill that person. Who among me is part of the go to give information to the Israeli president and one of the army said, no, there is nobody here. You, we are all lawyer, but there is a prophet. So he said, there is a prophet in Israel and he said that whatever we discuss, he pick it in his bedroom and tell the king. Wow. Do you mean what we are saying? He said, yes, king. We can tell you. All the intelligence, we have picked it up. So they gave him evidence and he said, no, go and pick the guy up. So Elisha wake up one day and one country army came to look for one anointed man. They were not concerned about everybody in the country. They just want to come for one anointed man. So when they wake up, they surrounded the house and the man was living with his, husband, with his servant. When Gehazi wake up and tried to go and fetch water, he saw the army came and said, Master, right away, we are dead. We are dead. He said, alas, we are dead. And he said, we are not dying. We have not finished our ministry. He said, come and see. He said, no, no, we are not dying. Forget about it. He said, I saw them before you saw them. And you were sitting there, you are doing nothing. And he said, yes. Just relax. Go about your business and don't, don't even give them a chance. He said, how can you talk like this? We see these people sold in army. When they come, they are going to catch us and kill us. And we say we should go our own business. I can't go on my own business uh, uh, like that. We don't go on our normal business with such a thing. This is more than coronavirus. An army has surrounded our house with all the ammunition. Some of them dressed with wickedness in their face. And we say we should go on. So while she was talking, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. 
when he opened his eyes, he saw another army behind the enemy's army. And they were holding sources with chariot of fire. Watch this. Watch this. So listen. Sometimes you are under apprehensive because you cannot see. Boy, if God can open your eyes to see the millions and the billions that is coming to you, you will relax about the challenges you are going through now. This is it. I cannot preach any better sermon than the second day than this one. Because it must be your prayer that within these hundred days, let spiritual blindness come to an end. The moment Gehazi eyes were open and he saw the angels sitting on horses with their sword burning with fire. He said, Master, he said, Master, Gehazi, come and see him. Master, won't you go for what I did, Master? Gehazi, now listen. God is saying that. Don't see it before you believe it. Just walk with the consciousness that. Told you that Prophet Anna, my confidence is divine presence. I am I, I walk with the mind that God is with me. I believe it so no matter I know when you touch me, God will kill you. I just know it that anybody that touch me from whatever God will come after you. I know it. Don't tell me pray for you to have it, you also have the same benefit. Just walk around and believe it. No. You are not conscious of divine presence. You are conscious of satanic presence. That is why any good dream you forget, but evil dreams you remember. And the way some of them can describe the dream and even count the teeth of the crocodile. A lady will show me to say that they make kind crocodile eat it. Me has an forty-eight, and I had me can't go do fifty. You can remember, but the God-given dream you cannot remember. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened when your spiritual blindness come to an end your celebration begins it means that listen it means that it means that huh, today or tomorrow if I put my hand in oil like this based on scripture now me the forward needs to say one you must see business opportunities you must see billion dollar opportunities because it's no money you need it's ideas you need it's not money you need you are making a mistake that is why you are not sowing seed it's no money you need it's an idea God giving idea When it comes in the form of diversity, that one idea, one idea, one idea, this one, this one, this one, and it's coming. That is what it means. It's no money. The way you want to worship money, it's no money you need. It is an idea. There is a realm you come to where money chases you such a way that you don't give it attention. I have always, from the time I married my wife in a single bedroom, with student bed, I have always lived in godliness with contentment. I have never been envious of anything anybody has. There is nothing in your pocket that my eye is looking for. When I started, you see, when we were prophetic, every time God strategically positioned people in your life, this one, I don't need to read the Bible. I've seen it in the history of my life. Every stage of my life, there are some people who God bring them to my life and they become a supportive to my life because every prophet might have shunamites. 
They must have the, there are people that God bring them to the prophetic. God touch their heart to sow into the prophetic so that he can keep on multiplying them. So he does that. He put people in your life and when he put people in your life, he uses them, he gives you favor before them and he uses your anointing to multiply them. It is just there. Yeah? Nobody can tell. The Bible didn't give a detail of the extent of the relationship between Joseph of Arimathea and Jesus Christ. But the Bible says he was his disciple. And when Jesus died, she went to Bagay because sometimes you have to have money to go to the, to go to the prime minister. Not everybody can walk there. And Jesus must have all these people in his life. Because without Joseph of Arimathea, they would throw Jesus somewhere. But because he's going to be resurrected, he must be buried in a very special place. And Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate and because of his stand and economic power, she walked to the president's office. And he said, give me the body of this man. And he said, really? You won't do that? And he gave it to him. No. Not everybody can walk and do that. Are you getting it? But whatever it is, he was blessed because he was connected to Christ. Mary and Martha was blessed because they were drinking from that anointing. The Bible said, Jesus raised Lazarus because they cooked for him. So there might be something in your finances that serves a prophetic anointing that opens a heaven for multiplication. You can see it run through the Bible. Elijah, the brook ministry has ended. Ravens cannot continue to bring you food. Now, because they are hungry, when I send them, they will eat the food. Go to Zerafan. I have commanded the widow to sustain you. Who? It was benefit on both sides. The widow has the last meal, but Elijah has the anointing. You benefit me so that I can benefit you. Mm-hmm. Benefit Papa. You benefit me, then I can benefit you. Mr. Benefactor. If you don't benefit, I can't benefit. So the widow must benefit Elijah. The Elijah can benefit. But interestingly, when it comes to that one, you must release it to the prophetic face. This is why you have a problem. It is so strange about the prophetic that, eh? You should not even come to the prophet with an empty hand. It is in the Bible. Thou shalt not come to the prophet with an empty hand. Eh? Apostle Paul said, not that desire gift that will be credited to your account. So there are a lot of things that you have. It is not secure. No. It is not secure. Let me tell you the principle. Nothing comes from heaven until something leaves the earth. So if the widow, with the, if the widow of Zedaphat didn't release his last meal, listen to it. I have the last meal to eat and die. So that is a food and after that you go back to the grave. You can come to the place that you have the last meal to eat and die. The prophet said, go and do for me first. That's what I told you. The Bible doesn't make sense. It only makes faith. Never, hear me, never, no matter what, hear me, never celebrate the downfall of every child of God. And never be happy when something bad happens to a Christian. You will be the nurse. Listen, those of you sitting in church with bitterness, resentment, that is why the Bible said that anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Do you know what? When you begin to lift up resentment with somebody, the next thing the devil will do with you is that you begin to imagine that something bad happens to him. So you are not killing with the sword, but you are killing with your mind. And don't ever, that is why the greatest blessing you can ever have as a child of God is to walk in love. Ability to wake up in the morning. And you have nobody you are holding in your heart. You have nobody you can see. And when he's talking, you feel some way. There is nothing. You are not qualified to offend me. Where I'm going? You are too small. Nobody is qualified, including your husband, including your wife. Nobody is qualified to offend you. Nobody is qualified to make you bitter. Nobody is qualified to make you walk in resentment. When you forgive people, you are not doing them a favor. You are doing your own self a favor. Walk in it. And stop the spiritual immaturity and grow. 
Don't be mean in church. Don't be moody. So now when we laugh, we don't know whether you are laughing. No. Something is changing you. Man, listen, I just said, a thought will reap an action. An action will reap a habit. So every action is the direct product of a thought. When you see people who are not smiling, it is inside them. You cannot be happy and hide it. It's not possible. You cannot be happy and hide it. No. I just love people that smile. Every time they are smiling, they are laughing. Quick, 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 they are laughing. It's a nature. Some people too, even when they are smiling, they have squeezed their face. No. There are people like that. They smile. You deal with them, they don't care. Hallelujah. No. A lady came to me and talked about his husband. He said, Daddy, oh, he doesn't care. I said, it's a good life. Thank you for you. hardly offend them. They don't care. I say, can't you broke oh? Can't you not broke oh? They don't care. No. And for me, they're there inside. Some people, they don't get angry. They, they, they are just there. We be informed. Whatever people are offended about, I'm sure they don't compare the Anibia, they don't compare the other. Have you seen people like that? They don't care about anything. They walk in the church, they don't get offended. You live with them, they don't get offended. If they get offended, it's a very short time. They are offended because food has not come. When food appears, they are fine. No. It's a blessing to have such a life. You are too serious for God to use you. All the troubles in your marriage is because of the way you live your life. That's why I always thank God for my wife. I say, if my wife has 50% of my temperament, this marriage will not have work. He doesn't keep things. No. I check it. Sometimes I check with my spiritual radar whether he is hurt and I couldn't pick it. One day God told me, learn from her. He said, there's a strength he has, you don't have to learn it. God told me, he said, listen, it's not everything that anointing, anointing, anointing. No, no, no. He said, there's a strength your wife has, you don't have. Because the way you, do, you, you handle some things to her, if she's your opposite, this marriage won't work. A man with a revival prophet, very unpredictable. No. You cannot tell what I will do the next 10 minutes. It is the grace that goes with it. Check. One day, Obedah was going to look for. Ahab has sent him to go and look for Elijah. When he came, Elijah said, Go and tell your master. He said, Hey, to kill me. Please. And Obedah told him, He said, I have really supported God's way. I have kept some prophets in my house. I'm feeding them. And he said, Why are you afraid? He said, I can go and then a wind will carry you. When my boss came in the camp for you, I'll kill you. It means a prophet cannot be predicted. So listen, if you don't understand the oppressions of the prophetic anointing and the temperament, you can't hang around it. And you cannot be blessed with it. That is why sometimes the people that are far from the oil get blessed because familiarity has not caught them yet. That the eyes of your understanding, you see that if you go to a pastor's church and you come here, you can have problem with the way we operate. No. If somebody is serving communion and the communion pour down, or somebody is ushering, and then I start sucking them, you say, no, no, no. Because your pastor will come and say, Usher, excuse me, please. Um, can you let the people No, we don't operate that way. No, 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 no. No. It comes down from the Holy Ghost, but it descends. I said, it has, it has an air to bless you. So you must understand the prophetic operation is different. One day, I will teach you the characteristics of prophets in the Bible. They are weeping prophets. I'm telling you, they are fire prophets. They call fire down. They are seeing prophets. They are revival prophets. <laughs> and our ministry to allow us to go through stuff. There were prophets in the Bible. God, uh, God made them marry prostitutes to give them a message. Lift your hands and say, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my eyes. Hallelujah. This hundred days, your eyes will be open. You will see through the realms of the spirit. Things are going to change. When your eyes open, everything will never be the same. Hey, 
one of the things I love about God opening your eyes is that <laughs> there is a hindsight, there is an insight, there is a foresight, but there is an oversight. The ability to sit here and God can tell you what you need to do before the next six months. Oversight. The ability to sit here and God tell you a business plan for next year. Your eyes just open. I was talking to a Jewish friend. He told me something. He said, Nana, this thing you read in the Bible, I was preaching in. I was preaching in. Something Royal Beach. What's the name of that hotel in Tel Aviv? Is it Royal Beach? Royal Beach. Royal Beach Hotel. You remember that hotel? And I was there with a the person. When I was preaching about Abraham, that day, we were one of the people who slept in that hotel. It was a new hotel. And remember, we were doing some program at the top there. And I was preaching about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He came to stand there and he just caught up by. He's not a Messianic Jew. But he just caught up by the thing I was preaching because for a Jewish man, when you talk about Abraham, hey, this cocoa farmer started. When I finished, he became my friend. And he told me, he said, Nana, where do you learn all these things? And, and, and I said, oh, it's the Bible. We just learned. He said, wow, that's, that's powerful. And he told me something. He said, this thing you are preaching eh, is very practical to us because I understand the revelations of the way we pick up business ideas. He said, do you know what, what, what it hap- what, uh, how it happens? He said, I can go to a country and as I'm descending in the plane, by the time I descend in the plane and I got out of the airport and I, I'm, 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 I go to immigration, I can step out of the door when I open immediately. I can see the kind of business to do. I will never forget that thing the guy told me. He said, sometimes say, I can even see that this is exactly I can, what I have to do and I'll be a billionaire in this country. And he said, every time we have implemented it has worked. He said, I was in Spain and I got to the place and there was a land and somebody was trying to show me a very muddy place and when I got there, the Lord told me this land the clay on it is for towels. Immediately, I bought the land. And he said, now we export towels from Spain to over 100 countries. And he said, because of that, we own our own ships. Because the kind of things that we do, we cannot even take another ship. I said, I was standing there and my eyes just open. I can see Turn to your feet. Listen. Is there anything God is trying to show you that you cannot see? Are you going through financial hardship? Because there is something your eyes has not been open. A very simple prayer. Lord. Open my eyes. Paul said, you can pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Psalm 19 verse 8. Keep standing. Psalm 19 verse 8. Give it to me very quickly. Uh The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. You are not following me. The commandment of the Lord is so pure. What does he do? Lightening the eyes. So as I'm preaching the word of God, somebody's eyes can be open. Amen. Because the commandment of the Lord, which is the word of the Lord, can enlighten your eyes. Without a spiritual eye, I will never have brought the church from Tema to Porter City. I will never have done that. No. Today it looks like it's easy for you, but Five years ago, when we came here, this place was a bush. It was a farmland. All the buildings we see around were not there. No. The road that led to process, I did it. There was no road. It was so much of a clay that when you pass on it with your car, your car gets stuck. Those who were there in the beginning, sorry. 
One man left this church when he came here. He said, he went to me and said, ah, how can a prophet miss God like this? He told me, he said, I prayed for you. Huh? He told his wife, he said, prophet, Nana, that's a me mobo. How? I said, I said, if you baby or the church in the course, when I got there, we got tent. Remember, we came here with a tent and we did something. And he said, you are moving. He said, he said, he said, I, I never thought about it. I remember asking, Prof, are you okay? I'm so yes, I'm okay. He left for two years. After two years, he came here. He said, when he got here, he knew that I asked God to forgive him. If you can't see, you say it is far. And by the time you come back, it has become a city. Open my eyes. Why are you preaching like this? One day or next eight years. If you become a president, what can you do? What can you offer? What, what is God showing you that your eye cannot see? Can you continue the way you are going? If there is any time you should be serious, it's now to 10th December. It's an opportunity. To put all your all in it and pray until something happens. Your pai bobi a obovia, and then ukutibu say, "Ma bom paye, nempaye ma boy bibi besi." May you pray until you feel like something is going to happen and something good is going to pray. Also, for this hundred days, say it will change some people's generation forever. It means that. You are an agent of change. Man. That the family that has seen poverty all their life, somebody has been born who is going to change the story of that family. And I pray that you'll be that person. Amen. The family that always have struggles in marriage, you'll be the agent of change of the story of the family. May you be the agent of change of story in your family. Because your eyes are open. May the Lord open your eyes. Lift up your holy hands. Father, deliver us from spiritual blindness. Amen. May we never regret tomorrow. Because we couldn't see ahead from today. God bless you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, contact World Prayer Center, PO Box GP21421, Accra, or telephone plus 233-303-413-703 or plus 233-303-413-705. Email us on info at wpcministries.org or visit our website at www.wpcministries.org.